I want to ask you a couple questions quickly. Are you guys thankful to be here today? Yes. I sure hope the Lord heard that amen. He sees your heart. And right now I'm going to show you something. I can tell too if you're happy to be here. I'm looking at all your faces. Are they gleaming? I'm going to tell you something. I can know from your gleaming face whether you're happy or not. I want you to think of something right now that you can gripe about, that you can complain about. For some of you, that might be harder than others. I want you to think of that thing and say it in your heart and try to smile at the same time. Is that possible? So if you are happy to be here today, if you are thankful, it will show in your face. You'll be smiling. Psalm 106. Jonathan Carnell did this about a year ago. He did a great job on it. I want to ask you, how many of you remember him doing that? Psalm 106, one year ago. He exhorted us to thanksgiving and giving the Lord more thanksgiving in our lives because he deserves it. I want to ask you, will you remember this time if you didn't remember that time, what can you do to make this time stick in your brain? It's not because of me. I don't want you to remember it because of me. I want you to remember it because this is a church that needs to be magnificent for our Lord. Yes. Let's remember it because he deserves all the praise that we can give him. How high of a desire is it for you to please the Lord today? especially in our congregation. Is that one of your priorities in the top of your list today, to do that, to glorify and praise the Lord? What are you going to do to do that today? If this is our last day, then what are we going to do to do that? I have a verse. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Hebrews thirteen, fifteen through sixteen. Okay, let's get started. I'm not gonna go through this whole thing without saying anything, because I don't want to have to come back and reread it because it's gonna take a lot of time. So I'm gonna say things while I read this. Let's start. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, Amen. for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Amen. Who can show forth all of his praise? Right. Uh, did you just read that? <laughs> we can't say the extent of all the praises that we Amen. owe him. That's right. That means that no matter how tired you are at giving him praises, forget it. Keep going, because you can't say all that he's given you. Verse 3, Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation. 
that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. Amen. We have sinned with our fathers and have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led him through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from... Oh, I was supposed to say something here. Okay, so verse 7 and verse 8. We're supposed to remember... We're supposed to remember, because if we don't remember, we will provoke him to anger. That's right. He desires praise from us because he made us to give him praise. Yes. And he needs it. If he can boast about himself in Isaiah and tell about his great things that he's done, we should be able to do the same. Verse 10, I think I was at. And he saved them from the hand of him that hateth them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then they they believed, believed they his words. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and tempted God in the desert, and he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Okay. God defeated all of the enemies for them. Yes. They didn't have anything to fear because God was on their side. But they soon forgot. Yes. They forgot to praise him continually for the things that he had done for them. They were the most blessed nation. They could prosper without even needing strength. So when they prayed to God, after he was angry with them for not praising him, they prayed to consume things upon their own lust, and he gave it to them. He sent leanness into their soul because of that, though. This is what worries me. When we pray to the Lord... How much of it is a request? How much are we wanting to consume upon our own lusts? How much are we bickering and grudging all that's around us and saying, well, everything around us isn't perfect. We need to pray for it. He gave it to us. Anything around us, he gave to us. We should be thanking him at least as much as we're praying for things. But we should definitely be thinking of more. Yep. Yes. We're so blessed. We don't need anything else. He's given us all we have. Yes. <clears throat> so I'm going to read a couple verses here. Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked 
him to jealousy. With strange gods and abominations provoked they him to anger. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that hath formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them, because they provoked, because of the provoking of his sons and his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a four generation, children whom is no faith. Deuteronomy 32. Also, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and a wonder, and upon thy seed forever, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee, in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he hath destroyed thee. There's also Isaiah where the vineyard is hedged about, but it brings forth wild grapes. Yes. Our fruit, what is it like? Is it wild grapes? Our fruit is supposed to be praised to God for what he's hedged us about. As I was preparing for this, I looked around in the Bible. There are so many things that are caused, bad things that are caused to the children of God just because they wouldn't thank him. Just because they wouldn't remember what the Lord's done for them. If they only praise the Lord for what he's given them, as this verse says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Hey, the Lord wants to do good things for you. He's done them already. But he also wants to do great things for you if you will praise him. He will do those great things, but he wants the fruit of your lips, the praise to his name. Yes. Okay, verse 16. They envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron, the saints of the Lord. And the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. And a fire was kindled upon their company, and the flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into a similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God, their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. He had not, had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yea, they despised the unpleasant land, they believed not his word, but murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. You can see here that they were murmuring again, yes. even after the Lord gave them all that he gave them. They wanted quail instead of the manna that the Lord blessed them with every single day faithfully. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them and overthrew them, in the wilderness to overthrow their seed also among the nations and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto Bepur and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions and the plague break in upon them. 
Then stood up Phinehas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed. Amen. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forever. Thank you, Lord. They angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it was ill with Moses for their sakes. Because they provoked his spirit, so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And they served their idols, which were a snare unto them, Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled with their own works, and went a-whoring after their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel, and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction Amen. when he heard their cry, and he remembered for them his covenant, and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Save us, O Lord, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy name, thy holy name, and triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the God, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. This brings to mind one of these verses from the Bible that talks about ten lepers. The Lord expected praise from all the lepers, but only one came back. And he said, I thought I healed ten. Where's the other nine? Are we going to be the nine and come into his gates without thanksgiving and without praise. In the Bible, it tells us several times that we are to praise him in the congregation. That doesn't just mean standing up here and praising the Lord. In fact, mostly it probably means down there, when you're conversing with each other, do you praise him? That's in the congregation, and that is what David in the Bible desired to do. Yes. He desired to praise God among the people. To wrap things up, it is a common courtesy to thank people for things that they provide you. But how is it that the one that provides the most and that is the most holy and mighty of them all doesn't get as much praise as some of the people in here? We get things all the time from people around here and we always say thank you. But every time the Lord gives us something, do we say thank you? How much praise? You can't have too much. Uh, you can have too much complaining. You can have too much griping. So much so that the Lord hates you and is, his wrath is angered, kindled against you so that he wants to destroy you. But you can't have too much thanksgiving. 
Let's test that meter. Amen. Amen. A sacrifice from our lips is what God wants. Yes. He wants that praise. Yes, Lord. We are given, we are to give the sacrifice of praise in the congregation. What else is there possibly to talk about? Why would you want to talk about something that's not giving God glory? I thought that was why we were supposed to be here. I don't think that anything else could give you more joy in your heart if you were to talk about it than to talk about giving glory to God. Why would you want to praise him for things that you've already praised him for? Do you get tired for praising God for things that you've already praised him for? No. Well, I am glad that our God did not get tired of praising his God and did not get tired of going to the cross and dying for your soul, our souls. He might have got tired. He wanted the Lord to change the plan, but he was saying the Lord's will be done, and he went gladly. He didn't get tired. How could we get tired? He will get the praise one way or the other. He brings trials. Those trials will hit us, and we will either give him praise that way, or we can give him praise before the trials come, when his, when his anger and his countenance of his face is glowing towards us. He is worthy. Let's do it.